It's been uh, an emotional morning just getting around for church today and uh, pulled up in the parking lot this morning and Mario and Jen were getting out of their van same time we were getting out of ours and I just thought, oh Lord. And so it begins. Um, so thankful for this special send-off Sunday and so thankful for Mark Prater, the executive director of Sovereign Grace Churches, the family of churches that we're a part of, to be here uh, to preach God's word to us today. Mark has been a longtime friend. He's a member of Covenant Fellowship Church, our sister church that uh, sent uh, sent myself out to the pastor's college back in 1997. And uh, I'm so thankful for Mark and his investment into our church and the blessing of keeping the gospel of Jesus Christ the first and most important thing in relation to the building of the church and centering our church on uh, being Christ-focused in everything that we do. I'm so thankful and indebted to Sovereign Grace Churches for that emphasis of keeping the matter of first importance, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and on the third day, he was raised in accordance with the scriptures, as 1 Corinthians 15 speaks about. Keeping that doctrine first is of vital importance for the health of our churches. And Mark carries a real passion that we would continue to keep Christ the main thing. And I'm so thankful for him. I'd like for you all to welcome him here this morning as he preaches God's word to us on this special Sunday. Love you. Thanks, let me preach. Oh, very kind. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, and it really is a joy for me to uh, to be invited by CB and Ben and John to join you on what I think is a historic day in the life of, of Christ's community church, the sending out of Mario and Jen to plant a church in Croatia. But uh, I wanted to also come and thank you as a local church for how you strengthen us as a family of churches. Um, there was just evidence of that this morning. Um, the, the, the vacation Bible school that you recently did, the five days in the park that you're doing this week, and then what you're doing today in sending out Mario and Jen, that, that strengthens us as a family of churches because you provide a wonderful example. You, you are a people who love the gospel and you want to see the gospel go forth. So thank you for strengthening us as a family of churches. Thank you for your partnership with Sovereign Grace and what you're doing today. In sending out Mario and Jen uh, is an expression, a living expression of one of the seven values that we share in our family of churches. And the value that I'm speaking about is church planting, uh, local outreach, and global missions. Uh, this day is a, a representation of your living commitment to that value. And it reveals to me, it reveals to those around you that you are a group of people who not only believes that the gospel should be treasured, but you believe the gospel must be shared, it must be proclaimed. And that's what I want to speak about today, this this value of church planning, outreach, and mission, and even why we do it. title of my message is An Unfinished Task, and we're going to read Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. This has become known, as you well know, as the Great Commission. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee... To the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold... I am with you always to the end of the age. May God bless the preaching of his word. On Sunday, February 21st of this year, some 5,000 churches in 100 different countries around the world sang the hymn, Facing a Task Unfinished on that one particular day. The hymn was sung in many different languages by an estimated one million believers all around the world on February 21st. The, the very first verse of that hymn goes like this. Facing a task unfinished that drives us to our needs. A need that undiminished rebukes our slothful ease. We who rejoice to know thee. 
renew before thy throne the solemn pledge we owe thee to go and make thee known. Now, this hymn was recently updated by the Gettys, but it was first penned in 1929 by China inland mission worker and pastor Frank Houghton. And Frank wrote this hymn as a call to send 200 missionaries into China at the height of that country's persecution of Christians. And by the end of 1931, 200 missionaries had been sent at the risk of their very own lives into China to continue this unfinished task of bringing the gospel to every tribe and tongue and nation. Now, even though this this hymn was written some 87 years ago, this this task to make disciples of all nations, it remains unfinished today. According to the Joshua Project, there are over 6,500 people groups, that's people groups, who are considered unreached with the gospel in the world today. That's about 42% of our world's population. But if you think Great Commission work is only work that needs to be done outside of the United States, listen to this statistic. According to the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, that's in the Boston area, they said that approximately 400,000 missionaries were sent throughout the world in the year 2010. Do you know which country received the most missionaries in that year? You know, the United States in that year, 32,400 missionaries were sent from other countries to bring the gospel here into the United States. I mean, that stat alone tells us that there are people living all around us that desperately need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And you know this because our world is more globally connected than ever before. The people that live around us, they are from different tribes and different tongues, and different nations. So this call to make disciples of all nations, we can all be involved in, whether we go to another nation like Croatia, or whether we reach out to our neighbor across the street. See, the Great Commission is a reminder that as that as a, that you as a church, and that we as a family of churches have this unfinished task to bring the gospel to all nations. And it's why we we have this express value that we share among our family of churches. This value of church planting, outreach, and global missions. Because we are a family of churches who believe that through local outreach, through the planting of churches throughout the world, through participating in global missions, we will participate in finishing this unfinished task of bringing the gospel to all nations. And your example today, Christ Community Church, in sending out Mario and Jen and their family to Croatia, it's a wonderful expression of that value. And it strengthens us as a family of churches. And we share this value because there's so much more we can do together than any one church can do alone. So, three things that we learn from the Great Commission. And as I go through each of my points, I'm going to give you an update on some of the things that are happening as we advance the gospel in sovereign grace. So first thing we learn from the Great Commission. Number one. We fulfill God's global mission for his glory. We fulfill God's global mission for his, uh, for his glory. Jesus says here in verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Stop right there. It begs the question. Who has given Jesus this universal authority? We know from several passages in Scripture that it is God the Father who has given Jesus this universal authority. Here's one proof text. John chapter 12, verse 49. These are Jesus' words. For I've not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. God the Father has given Jesus universal authority And he is our father as well because he is the creator of all of us and he is the creator of heaven and earth. God is actually introduced to us that way in the very first verse in our Bibles. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, God created the heavens and the earth. That verse tells us that God alone has universal authority, that he has universal reign over the universe, including all of the nations. And you know this, God... After he creates the heavens and the earth, he he creates Adam and Eve. He creates man and woman and he places them in the Garden of Eden. 
Now, at this point in redemptive history, things are good, right? Things are great. There is no need for mission in the Garden of Eden, just like there will be no need for mission in the new heavens and the new earth. And yet, because of Adam's original sin, all all of creation, including people from all nations, we are fallen, we are born into sin, and we are now objects of God's righteous judgment and wrath. And yet, very early on in our Bibles, we get a glimpse of God's redemptive initiative to save sinners from that wrath. We find that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where God is speaking to the serpent who had tempted Adam and Eve. And this is what he says. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And then these words, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The offspring of Eve points to Christ and it is Christ who comes and dies on the cross and he crushes Satan, doesn't he? He is victorious over Satan and sin and death. The point is here in Genesis 3.15, we get our first glimpse of the gospel in all of scripture. And from Genesis 3.15 onward, we see God's gracious, purposeful movement to take initiative to save people from wrath who are in rebellion against him. Here's the point. Our God is a God of mission. He's a God of mission who takes initiative to save people from wrath by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to achieve the gracious purposes of salvation that are offered to people from all nations. It is this God, the creator of the universe, who is our missionary God. And he sends Jesus with all authority and he sends him saying, go and seek and save the lost. You see, mission did not originate with us, did it? Mission originated with God himself. His mission is our mission, and it's a global mission, as we're reminded today. It's a global mission intended to reach every tribe and tongue and nation with the gospel. But it has a grand purpose. Salvation isn't its only purpose. It has a grander and greater purpose, and we get a glimpse of that purpose in Revelation chapter 7. Revelation is a wonderful book because it transports us to us that on that day and give us a glimpse of the things that we will enjoy. This is one of the things that we will enjoy on that day. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. It's a big crowd. Now listen to the makeup of the crowd from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb and crying out with a loud voice, salvation, it belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God, saying, Amen. And blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. You see, the Great Commission, it reveals God's mission and its ultimate purpose is for God alone to receive glory from people from all nations. John Piper says it so succinctly and so well. Mission exists, or mission exists because worship doesn't. It's true, isn't it? Mission exists because worship doesn't. And that's why we exist as a family of churches. By God's grace, we are a global family of churches seeking to advance God's global mission that he originated in Genesis 3.15, all for this purpose, so that he alone may receive all the glory. It's why Christ's community church exists. Today is a reminder of that. You exist to advance God's global mission, in particular today to Croatia. And the reason that you're doing it is that God will receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. So let me just give you one update here because I want you to, to know that there is a global family of churches around you. I had a chance to tell Mario and Jen this this morning. There's a global family of churches around them and around you who are joining you in this endeavor. Uh, we, we started a Asia Pacific region last year. It's made up of churches from the Philippines, from Australia and from South Korea. It's led by Dave Taylor, who leads the Sovereign Grace Church in Sydney, Australia. And late last year, we adopted a church uh, in Cebu City, Philippines, uh, his dwelling place church led by 
Cornelio, Cornelio Nebo. We call him Nilo. And um, Nilo said to Dave Taylor, the guy who's leading that region, I want you to come to the Philippines. I want you to come to Cebu City. And I'm going to gather about 20 of my pastor friends. And I want you to teach on gospel-centered life and gospel-centered ministry. And so he did that. He went there for a week back in March. And it started with about 20 pastors. And by the end of the week, there was like 100 pastors jammed into this room. So somehow word got around Cebu City that this was happening. And at the end of that week, Dave said, look, I'm going to, I, I've got a 16-month plan that if any of you are interested in being a part of Sovereign Grace, having your church be a part of Sovereign Grace, I'm going to come back four times over the next 16 months. I'm going to teach on our theological distinctives and our values. One of them I'm mentioning today and a number of things that just would help you to know about Sovereign Grace. If you're interested, let me know. And so at the end of that week, 22 churches came to uh, Nilo and Dave and said, we want to be a part of that program. And so I'm Skyping with Dave in April. He's like, Mark, I didn't expect that. 22 churches interested in being adopted. What are we going to do? I said, I have no idea what we're going to do. Uh, you create the problem. We'll, I'll work with you, but we'll, we'll try to figure it out together. That's just some of the things. I, there's so many stories I'm not able to tell you of how God is at work globally through our family of churches. And we join you in sending Mario and Jen today. Second thing we learn from the Great Commission, number two, we are sent by Jesus with his good news. We are sent by Jesus with his good news. Now, Matthew opens his gospel in a very unique way. He says in Matthew chapter one, verse one, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. And then he says this, the son of Abraham. Now, he opens his gospel that way because he's primarily writing to Jewish Christians, but He's intentional in that introduction to connect the person of Jesus Christ to the person of Abraham. And that's important because God's redemptive initiative that he began in Genesis 3.15, that momentum continues in Genesis chapter 12, where God makes his covenant with Abraham, sending him from his native country. And as he sends him, he says this to Abraham, and you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. And this blessing, we know, extends not only to Abraham's physical descendants, but to all who, as Paul tells us in Galatians 3, are children of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 28 and 29. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God, daughters of God through faith. So he's writing to believers. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, if you're truly a believer, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So God's promise to Abraham to bless all nations is fulfilled in the person and the work of Jesus Christ in the gospel, where the blessing of salvation is offered to people from all nations. And we know from that verse, all people who turn from their sin and place their faith in Jesus' finished work on the cross, you are a son or a daughter of Abraham. Here's the point. The message of our mission is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the message of our mission. The only hope that we carry to the nations is the good news of Jesus Christ. The only hope that Mario and Jen carry to slip Croatia is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus says, go therefore to all nations, he sends us with only one message. And that message, that gospel, it must be shared. It must be told. It must be proclaimed. And that's why we were intentional in describing this value of church planning, outreach, and global missions. We described it with this first sentence in this way. Our gospel centrality entails not only treasuring the gospel personally, but sharing it passionately. You see, we are a family of churches who are sent by Jesus to do this. We are to passionately share his good news. It's why you're sending Mario and Jen today. And by the way, this, this make disciples language that you see here in, in the Great Commission, it links mission to the local church. It does. Listen, listen to Eckhart Schnabel. He says this. The directive to make disciples demonstrates the ecclesiological dimension of the mission. 
Missionary work and church must not be separated since the very goal and purpose of missionary work is the creation of a community of disciples. Succinctly well said. That's why your gospel presence here in Reading and here in Burke County is so important. Because from the local church, local and global mission springs. And it leads to the planting of new churches, new communities of disciples that are brought together. And then they grow in Christ. They mature in Christ. So today, as you send Mario and Jen and their family to Croatia, believe and pray that people will be reached with the gospel there. And in a community of disciples, a local church will be birthed. It will be formed. And I want you to know that one of the things I've been encouraged by the last few years and just traveling to a number of our churches is there are there are our churches are filled with members of people like you who want to share the gospel with unbelievers. So I was in Peoria, Arizona. That's a suburb of Phoenix last November. And after the service, they meet in a school as well. So they're cleaning up. And I met a young man by the name of Robert. And I said, Robert, how did you get to this church? He said, well, actually, I I work with a man by the name of Ninos. Do you know Ninos? Well, I had met Ninos the day before because he's a community group leader. He is an an Iraqi-born Syrian who comes to the States and gets saved. And he is on fire for Christ. And so Ninos and Robert, they work in the same place. And so Ninos befriends Robert and he said, hey, Robert, do you want to read the Bible with me? Robert said, sure, I'll do that. So they just begin reading through the Gospel of John together. And Robert stood there and told me in tears that he'll never forget the day of his salvation. Seven o'clock early in the morning, they're sitting in the parking lot of where they work. They're reading through the Bible and they're at John 15. He had a number of questions leading up to John 15. But when he got to John 15, that abiding in Christ language, he said, Mark, I was just convicted of my sin. And I saw my need for a savior. And Nina, as he shared the gospel with me. And I repented of my sin. I've known Christ as my Savior now. And I've been baptized in this church. And I'm a member of this church. See, I tell you that story because that's, that's who we are as a family of churches. People who want to bring the good news to people that are all around us. Continue here in Reading. Continue here in Berks County. As you go to Croatia, share the good news of Jesus Christ. So that many more will join us on that day. Amen. Okay, third thing we learn about the Great Commission. Number three, we make disciples dependent on the Holy Spirit. We make disciples dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Let's read verses 19 and 20 again. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And then he says this. And behold... He wants us to pay attention when he uses the word behold. Pay attention. I am with you always. Oh, good words. To the end of the age. You know this great commission is given right before his ascension. And even though that Jesus is physically leaving this earth, he he promises here that he will always be with us. And we know verse 20 is a pointing to the day of Pentecost, that unique day in redemptive history where the Spirit of God fills the believers in that upper room and they, they go out and they powerfully declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. Luke records it this way before Jesus' ascension in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus sends us and he says, I'm always with you because I fill you with the Holy Spirit and I give you power to be witnesses to those who are around you. See, one of the one of the signs, one of the evidences that you are a spirit filled believer is that you boldly and courageously tell others about the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, our, our ability as a family of churches to, to do local outreach and to plant churches around the world and do global missions, it is dependent upon the Spirit of God. We need the power of the Spirit of God. Mario and Jen's ability to go to Croatia and do what they believe God has called them to do, they're dependent upon the Spirit. They need the Spirit's power to do this. And this truth reveals to us a massive truth. 
There's something massive revealed here in the Great Commission. It's this. It tells us that our Trinitarian God is the one who seeks and saves the lost. So God the Father initiates mission in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. He, he advances it in Genesis 12 making His covenant with Abraham and then He sends His Son keeping that promise to Abraham to accomplish salvation. And Jesus, the Son of God, through the virgin birth, steps into this dark world and He lives a perfect life and He dies a perfect death and He offers a perfect offering for my sin and for your sin. And then what does He do? He raises triumphantly on that third day. We know that He's defeated death and Satan and sin. And He and He accomplishes salvation for sinners. And then before He leaves this earth, He tells us the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is with us, is filling us, and is giving us power. That's a massive truth. Every person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is involved in mission to reach the lost. Which, which gives us hope that our involvement in mission will not be in vain. If the Trinitarian God is with us, Our labors will not be in vain. And it unburdens us because fulfilling the Great Commission doesn't depend upon our strength. It depends upon the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this from the Sovereign Grace leadership team. I want you to hear it from me. In Sovereign Grace, we don't put our hope in our strategies and our plans. They're good things. We, We do them, but we don't put our hope in them. We put our hope in the work of the Holy Spirit. And that God does many times what we haven't planned. Let me ask you, when you planted this church about 15 years ago, did you ever think you'd be planting a church in Croatia? No. But God has led you, hasn't it? It's a spirit-led endeavor. I never thought that Sovereign Grace would have a church in Bozeman, Montana. But today is the first Sunday a church is being started in Bozeman, Montana by a couple of guys that that are there. And the purpose of this church plant partly, mainly, is to reach that that part of Montana with the gospel. But they want to be adopted into Sovereign Grace over the next year. They're very clear about that. I, I had to get a map out. I didn't know where Bozeman, Montana was. We didn't have that on some master strategy or plan. It was a spirit led endeavor. See, I tell you that story because it's a reminder. Today is a reminder for you as a local church that to make disciples of all nations, we are dependent upon the Spirit and we need the Spirit's power. And by the way, this is where our continuationist pneumatology, that means charismatic, and our our church planting, local outreach, and global missions intersect because we believe that to fulfill Church planning, outreach, and global missions, we need the work of the Spirit. And we need the power of the Spirit to be witnesses for Christ. So, if you're like me and you have a reluctance to share the gospel with unbelievers at times, here's what you do. You pray. You stop and you pray and you ask for the Spirit to fill you. And to give you power and give you the words to say. And the Spirit will meet you because you'll be working to complete the unfinished task. Our unfinished task of advancing the gospel is dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Let me close with this. We know from verse 20 that one day our mission will end. Because Jesus says, I'm with you always until when? The end of the age. There's a day coming when he will return to judge the living and the dead. This age will end. And when he comes, he will announce, I'm making all things new and the new age will begin and he will be, be bringing with him the new heavens and the new earth. There will be no need for mission in the new heavens and the new earth. There, there is a day when our unfinished task will be finished. Until then, brothers and sisters, purpose to be a local church. And let us purpose to be a family of churches that give our lives and our money and our resources and our time and our prayers and our service and our support to make disciples of Jesus Christ as we reach our neighborhoods and the nations with the gospel. Let us go into all the world proclaiming Jesus. As Mario and Jen go to Croatia, proclaim Jesus. Why? Because... Jesus Christ, He's the only name that has power to save. Isn't that right? And that's why I so appreciated the chorus that the 
the Gettys wrote for this hymn, and I'll close with this. We go to all the world. You go to Croatia, my friend. With kingdom hope unfurled. No other name has power to save. But Jesus Christ the Lord. Go take Jesus and proclaim Him boldly. Amen. Thank you so much, Mark, for that message. And in Acts chapter 20, church, uh, the Apostle Paul was on his way to take the famous Jerusalem offering gathered from all the different Gentile churches back to the church in Jerusalem. And he was sailing across the Mediterranean and he landed on an island called Miletus and he gathered the church in Ephesus together with him in Miletus in order to see them one last time before he parted off to Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 36, the word of God, speaking of this poignant and very emotional moment, said, and when he had said these things, Paul, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And this is about, he's, he's about ready to head out and sail toward Jerusalem. And it says this, and there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him. This is speaking of the church. Being sorrowful most of all because of the word he, speaking of Paul, had spoken. That they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. The church in Ephesus and the elders gathered there together with Paul were weeping. The church was weeping and they were embracing Paul and kissing him and they were sorrowful. On a happy day when the gospel's going forth, they were sorrowful because of the deep love that they had between one another formed in the bonds of fellowship over the three years that Paul ministered together in Ephesus. And they were sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face. Again, we see that mission in the early church isn't done in a stoical way. It's done with love. It's done with affection. It's done with sorrow as we send off individuals we have come to love as our own family, as brothers and sisters in Christ whom we cherish deeply, who have touched our hearts. And we have had the pleasure of touching their hearts. And we recognize that part of the cost of the mission of the gospel going forward is that they depart from us. And as the Apostle Paul talks here, they, you're not going to see my face again. They wept. And yet their weeping and their pain emotionally and their desire to not see them parted from them in their presence did not hinder them from, an, from accompanying Paul to the ship. The priority of the advance of the gospel to the ends of the earth supersedes the priority of us staying together and loving one another. This is meant to go out. It's meant to go forth. It's meant to not be simply cherished amongst our own hearts, but to be sent out that others might come to cherish, believe in, love, and be saved through Jesus Christ. Mario and Jen go out from us as our very heart. There is a piece of Christ Community Church going on Tuesday out from Philadelphia Airport to Croatia to proclaim Christ. I was thinking of the phrase represents our very heart. And I was thinking of Mario and Jen. 
and their four children going forth. And church, I want to just briefly, before Mario and Jen come up, to say their thank you. I just wanted to say thank you to all of you for just your love for Christ, your devotion to Him. Mario and Jen had significant needs building up to this moment. As you know, we were keeping tabs on that over the last couple of years. You have given tens of thousands of dollars in the midst of us being also in the midst of a building fund with our church house. And you have risen to the occasion again and again and again financially. Their needs ended up exceeding what was budgeted. They thought that they might need twenty-five to $30,000 in transition costs. Mario informed us this past week that the transition costs actually have come to $31,000 plus. And Mario and Jen informed us this past week that due to your generous giving and the giving of our precious family of churches and the bonds of fellowship and sovereign grace churches, $38,350 was raised. Last week, Mario preached at our sister church in Lancaster. And they have significant financial needs as well. And they, in that one Sunday, were so moved by our common mission together, they raised 5,800 hours in one Sunday. Cherry Hill, 4,000. We're not doing this alone. And if you do the simple math, we wouldn't have made it. Had it not been for our partnership in the gospel with Sovereign Grace Churches, I'm thankful for our Northeast region, which contributed 4,400 hours this year, this summer, so we could pay for expenses with Mario and Jen in their transition over the summer to get to Croatia. Sovereign Grace Churches, national and international, is helping to support, Lord willing, John and I taking a trip to Croatia to visit these two in November. So thankful for our partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, as Paul talks about to the Philippians. I want to thank you, though, church, because you carried the heavy load, and you have continued to carry the heavy load. Their needs for monthly support of $3,500 a month heading into the future, that that is going to continue on and on. We've met this need, but their monthly goals are going to be significant. They are only at 60% of what they need for that. That is a matter of burden, and and, and it, it weighs on their hearts. Let us all as a church family rise to cry out to God on how we might be able to help meet that need. And I'm thankful that in addition to us, it's not just up to us, but Sovereign Grace Regional and Sovereign Grace National and International are going to help us in this endeavor. You can give online at our church's Croatia Church Plant page if you're interested in that. But having seen the grace of God and the faithfulness of God through you, I have no doubts that those needs will be met and the gospel will continue to be proclaimed in Croatia. And I'm thankful for you all, church, and your love for Christ. Thank you for praying and fasting this week. A number of years ago, one of you must have had dinner at Smoky Bones Restaurant in our area. And one of you must have invited a waiter or waitress out to our church because that waiter or waitress took the invitation and put it on the desk of the manager of Smoky Bones, who happened to be Mario Vucinovic. And that invite, Mario read, and Mario and Jen brought their family to Christ Community Church. And then they were marinated here in their own words, in a love for the gospel and the mission of the gospel. And God has filled them with a desire to take our glorious Christ that they have received and to take the message of the gospel to Croatia. And I guess a simple message coming out from that is, let's not fail to give out invites to church. It might lead to international church plants. I've heard it said that the story of the Great Commission going forward has in the modern day 
been more about great personalities in mission rather than great churches in mission. Christ Community Church, you are a great church in mission. And that's what this story is about. And this work would not be going forth without you. And I am so honored to even be a part of this church and to have my children growing up in this church. Shannon and I are so blessed to even be members in this church and to be serving Christ side by side with such a precious group of Christians. Thank you. Thank you. To Mario and Jen and the kids. Marco, Luca, Joseph, Sophia, their child on the way. We have a gift of Pilgrim's Progress to give to you. This is the children's book. And this book here is one of the best versions of Pilgrim's Progress I've ever read. Read it to, read it to your children. Connect often as a family over it. Take it with you to Croatia and every time remember your church family loves you. We're praying for you. May it inspire you to trust it and follow Christ and to remind you that we love you and that we're going to be committed to praying for you. Brothers and sisters of Christ community, we want to thank God for Mario and Jen and their kids and their example. Mario has said it very succinctly in the way that only he can say it. Paraphrased by C.B. Yetter, let's get up off our butts off the sofa and go do something for Jesus. That sounds like a great sermon title sometime. Get your butt up off the sofa and do something for Jesus. That's really what Mario and Jen have been moved by. They didn't want to just sit on their couch enjoying the American dream while... Millions of people in Croatia go to hell on their watch. Let us be inspired by this example of self-sacrifice and devotion. Charles Spurgeon spoke, speaking of the modern day missionaries of his time, the Moravians, that it's very common for us to say, wow, the Moravians are wonderful people. Mario and Jen and their family, they're wonderful people. Spurgeon said, we should all be wonderful too. Let us all be thankful for their example. Let us all follow in their example. Let us not sit quietly on our couches while the individuals in our neighborhood go to hell on our watch. Let us pray for and support this church plant. Let us be moved by their example, provoked by their example. Mario and Jen, thank you for your example to us. I wanted to say thank you to you, church. Thank you to Mario and Jen. And finally, I just want to say this. I want to say thank you to God. Because if he didn't send out, there would be no sending out. In 1977, CJ with a group of people, CJ Mahaney with a group of people planted Covenant Life Church. In 1983, they sent out a church plant to Philadelphia, which Mark Prater is currently a member of, called Covenant Fellowship Church. That church impacted Shannon and I and sent me down to the pastor's college back in 97, 98. So in 1977, then in 83, a church was planted. In 1991, the Marlton Church was planted out from Covenant Fellowship Church. And then out from the Marlton Church in 2001, 15 years ago, Christ Community Church was sent out on a Sunday just like this as hands were laid on Shannon and I and our church planning team to come forth to Reading to plant this church. And Lord willing, next year, in the fall of 2017, 40 years from 1977 when CJ and a team of people planted Covenant Life Church, Forty years later, there will, Lord willing, be a church planted in Croatia 
All because God is so awesome and so wonderful and so burdened to reach the nations with the good news of his precious son. He is awesome and he is worthy of all the glory. If he didn't send out, there would be no sending out. And so, Jesus, we just want to thank you. Father, we want to thank you for sending your son to die for us, for forgiving us of all of our sins. For while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We want to thank you for the blessing of our church. And we want to thank you for the hope that we have in the future of heaven when we will be gathered together again. We give you all the glory. Church, thank you for your love for Christ. And I wanted to give Mario and Jen an opportunity to say one last goodbye to us. And why don't you come forward and let's welcome our... Good morning. Um... Um, there were some things that was really put on my heart to share with you. So if you could just bear with me, there's some certain things I feel like I can't leave without you knowing about the way that you've impacted my life very personally. So just know I'm not here to flatter you. I just need to share this with you. And it is all because of Christ anyway. My time here, six and a half years, has been the richest most spiritually growth and fruitful and with no doubt the most joyful time of my life. The joy, fellowship, and peace I have here is what makes it so difficult to leave and be separated from you for this short time till I see you again. And it kind of feels like going into a mixer as fruit and coming out as a smoothie. And God used many ingredients you guys, and added them to us to produce something better than the fruit he started with when we came by his grace. You're truly my family, and my family here has made valuable investments and deposits into my life, my soul. You have sacrificed, served, cared, called. You've cooked, you've babysat, you've prayed, you've studied God's words together, you encourage me, console me. You've painted, cleaned, did lawn care. You've reached, interceded, counseled, shared, gave, ministered, redirected, reminded, taught, forgave, laughed, hugged, and cried. And if you haven't hugged Bonnie Jones yet, best hug ever, she's over there. (laughs) But most of all, you've loved. And it really seems like your love knows no bounds. And doesn't that seem like the way our Lord loves us? Just love that knows no bounds. I always saw Christ's love in this church and how Christ loves through you. And your love was never just like words or feelings. It was and is the way that you live, your actions. And if I didn't know you personally, I watched you. I watched you in this church. I watched you outside the church. I saw your lives, and every single thing you did mattered. It impacted me personally. And I so wanted to find a verse that just reminded me of this church and the way you've been in my life. And I was trying to find something, and I just couldn't. And then last night I was praying, and it just came. It's like, duh, that's it. (laughs) This is you. Uh, Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen twelve through 13. And your example of that has been genuine. It's been real and tangible in my life. And also this, this describes you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's John thirteen thirty five. And the love that you gave us, it was not just like conjured up in yourselves to be nice, good people, good Christians. It was Christ's compelling love in you that we really saw and received. So now you're sending your love package and the gift of salvation through the people that you poured into, 
You saturated us with love. And because now we're compelled to love the way you have. That's what I've always carried and felt when we think about going. So I want you to know that I'm leaving here with my heart filled with your love, Christ's love. And I have the honor to bring it where people don't know that love yet. They don't have it. But Lord willing, they will receive it because of Christ and because of you. I love you so, so much. Thank you for all all of this. Thanks, son. I don't know, can I say anything else to it? <clears throat> 16 years ago, um, Lord brought me to this country as an unbeliever. Selfish, seeking, pursuing everything this world has to offer. And always falling short. Then Lord saved my soul 11 years ago. That was a step one. And then Lord, six years ago, brought me here in this church, us in this church. Step number two. That's how Lord cared for us. He bringing us here through that business card. Some of you did put that business card at that restaurant. When, uh, when I was going around the restaurant and asking, seeking, who put us here? No one answered. No server, no bartender, no cook, no one. But then, God did. He brought me here to you. The meaning family can be just a term and something we say. But you are my family. This is my home. You have told me how to be a husband. You have told me how to be a father. You have told me how to be faithful servant. And it's all by your example. You open your life. You open your home. There's no words. For me personally, for us personally, we can express the gratitude of investment and love and care you poured into us. See, this is the light that shines that world does not understand. This is the light that shines that the world doesn't have words for it. Your lives, your love is the way Christ loves. And you have loved us for these six years. And because of your faithfulness and because of your servant, you are faithful servants of Christ. You are sending us to go and share what we have received. We have received the gift. It's not ours to keep. We have received it from the Lord. Then we receive it from you. Again from the Lord. There is people in Eastern Europe. The Lord is preparing right now. Because of your faithfulness. Because of your faithful serving this church. Loving your husband, your wife, your children. Because of your faithful work at your workplace, all for Christ. Some souls in Croatia will be reached. And it's your doing. It's Christ in you. It's God's work. Church, I have no words to say. What deposits you placed in Jen and I and our family. And it's my privilege, privilege, privilege to take this church name and to say this is the church that sent us here because they love you and they don't know you (laughs) that's you church thank you so much thank you so much I love you we love you we worship the Lord more because of you thank you so much
it hurts so much because we love each other so much and because of what God's done and binding us together with these tight cords of love. And at this time, we want to pray for Mario and Jen. And so maybe, Damien, if you guys could begin to just transition up here, because we'll, we'll do a special song at the end, church, that's sort of like a benediction song, a blessing song. We sung it a couple weeks ago, entitled As You Go, from the CD in our Sovereign Grace music called The Gathering. And every time I sing this song, I think of what God's doing in this precious work. But we want to sing it as a benediction and as a blessing to Mario and Jen unto God in closing. And we'll be doing that in just a moment. But I would like to ask Ben Ross to come forward at this time and Mark Prater. Uh, we're going to pray for Mario and Jen. So Mario and Jen, if you guys could maybe, why don't you guys stand down on the floor, face the congregation. Um... And uh, Ben and John, or uh, Ben and Mark, if you guys would come up and join me, anyone who feels led of the Lord, this is a, this is the church in mission. We want your hands to be on them as they go. Anyone who feels moved of the Spirit right now to lay hands on these two, would you please come forward at this time? Mario, maybe you could take a couple steps forward. We might need some help. If, I don't care if we got to clear out those couple rows or whatever. Let's just gather around them and let's pray. Ben's going to pray for their family. Mark's going to pray for our church and their future church. And let's just cry out to God together and ask for the Holy Spirit to fill these two. Well, Lord, as we've already talked about this morning, our hope for today, our hope for the future is you. And we thank you that you go with them. We thank you that we can talk to you. We can, as Jen said, intercede for this couple, not just right now, but in the days and the weeks and the months and the years ahead. And we do, Lord. We come to you, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we say, would you bless this couple, this family? Would you pour out your grace abundantly that you would give your spirit in deep measure to them, Lord? We think about your word that the grace uh, of God does not come in part. It comes lavishly. It overflows. And that's our prayer for them today and for the days ahead. That you would be their God. That you would go before them and behind them and to the side of them. That you would protect them as a couple. Ministry is hard. It is wearying. It is challenging. And we ask on their behalf, would you pour out your grace on them as husband and wife? Oh Lord. Make them even better best friends than they are right now, Lord. That they could be a couple that shares honestly, that shares authentically, that shares the challenges, that shares the hurts, that shares the struggles, and that they would know as they share, they've got a best friend that will point them to Jesus again and again. We pray, Lord, that they would be men and women of the word, that they would be able to give each other a word in due season, that they would give each other the gospel, that they would grow more and more uh, closer to you, and as they grow closer to you, closer to one another. We pray for Mario that he would be a, a husband that washes his wife with the word, Daily, We pray that his burden for Jen, his burden for the family would be a priority. And we pray for Jen, Lord, that you would help her to hold her husband's hands up. Lord, that, that you would just use her to encourage her husband, to pray for her husband, to, to just be there with him, to, to be able to, to just remind him that he's not the Savior, but that you are. And so we go, 
and Jen goes, and Mario goes, but I pray that there would be a couple that reminds each other, our hope is in you. That you're the Savior. And Lord, we pray for these children. Lord, we pray big prayers right now. We pray that you would save every single one of them. That this church plant team, in a sense, would grow as they are saved and as they see that you have sent them to Croatia for the gospel's advance, Lord. We pray, would you save every single one of them, that they would all see their sinfulness, but see you as a glorious Savior, and they would repent and believe and say, Jesus is better. He's better than all the sacrifice. He's better than what this world has to offer. And it wouldn't just be dad and mom given the gospel. It would be these boys and that girl given the gospel to the people of Croatia. Lord, help them to grow, grow closer to you in this sacrifice, that they would grow closer to mom and dad through this. When, when they are challenged, when they feel struggles, they would go to mom and dad. And they would go to you. And they would see that you are a good God, you are a loving God, and you love to care for your people. This picture of this church family laying hands on Mario and Jen, this is your doing. We pray that you'd receive glory. We pray that you would be pleased. For none of us here deserve to know you. But you chose to know us and to save us. And so we gather truly as a family, those who have been united in Christ, and we pray for our brother and our sister and their children, we pray for our friends. And we pray that what they do in Croatia, as you've done here, would be your doing. That you would fill them with your spirit often. That you would empower them with the spirit. That the spirit would lead them and give them opportunities to share the gospel with unbelievers. As Mario said, prepare hearts now in Eastern Europe to hear the gospel and to be saved. We pray that you would establish this church on the gospel and continue to use it to proclaim the gospel. And in this church, may it may it be a place where Christ is exalted and Christ is glorified. And I thank you for Christ Community Church. This is your doing. You planted this church. You established it. And to hear so many testimonies today about how you're using this church, including even bringing Mario and Jen here, continue to use Christ Community Church here in Reading and Shillington and Berks County. May you fill each member of this church, of this church often with your spirit. May you give them power. May you give them opportunities. May you continue to strengthen this church and build it on the gospel. So that as in Croatia, may it be here that Christ is exalted and Christ is glorified. Thank you, Lord. May this all be your doing and for your glory. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much. Indeed, Lord, as, as they go forth, we pray that they would indeed, they would, they would die daily. And that out of that, many would be brought to new life. And we do pray that that would be what Mario and Jen and their, their children do. And we pray that that would mark our entire church family. That we would all die to whatever we need to die to right now. Lord, so that others might live and come to know Jesus Christ. Lord, we, we lay down our lives and we pick up the cross to follow you. Not just Mario and Jen, but our entire church family. We want to live this short life that you have given to us here on this earth all out for you. And we ask for your blessing on us in this regard. That as we go forth, we would go in your power, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, all of you. Mario and Jen, if you could just uh, stand in the front there. And for those of us, we're going to worship. Uh, and But this song is a special song. It's a benediction song. It's a prayer song. And so Mario and Jen, as we sing this song, um, we sing it unto the Lord but also unto you as you go forth in the mission. Your church family is sending you forth in prayer and in praise. And so let us all sing this song. Let us stand and lift up our voices and lift up our hearts in passionate worship to our Lord and also in prayer as we cry out to God together that as they go, that they would be greatly blessed in Christ and that as they go, the love of God would go forth with them. Jude one twenty four. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, Through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Oh God, thank you so much for your wonderful blessing on us today as a church family. Pour forth your blessing, take care of every last minute need, and bless this family as they go on Tuesday and fly out, our hearts go with them. Establish the work of their hands in Croatia and establish the work of our hands collectively as a church family here in Reading and establish the work of our hands together as a family of churches and sovereign grace churches that many more nations might come to believe in the name of your son Jesus, who is the only name under heaven by which men must be saved. We ask for this, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just thank Jesus for how wonderful he is and give him all the glory from you and through you and to you are all things, Jesus Christ. We praise your great and wonderful name. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm so thankful we have... A church luncheon at this time. So why don't we get our kids and gather together so we can say our last goodbyes and embrace these two before we send them off to the ship. God bless you, Christ community. We love you.